Live from the Sportatorium in the Dallas Metroplex, it's Saturday Morning Crunch. We review the Saturday Morning Cartoons as nominated by you, and I am your host, Bill Mercer. I wish. No, I'm Kyle Von Kubik, and I am joined along with... Lance Russell. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm Johnny Capcom, brother. And who else is on the line? Keith the Lariat Hansen. <laughs> that that actually fits. <laughs> Most of that is your real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had a gentleman when I uh, told him my name once, he was like, oh, like Stan Hansen the Lariat. And I was like, you're my favorite person ever. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Strap in, because we're talking a wrestling cartoon, if you haven't guessed it. We're talking Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, as nominated by Mark Super. Uh, let's see. We, we're talking specifically Season 1, Episode 1, which is available on YouTube. Nice. The show had a total of two seasons with 26 episodes. That's kind of a small run for two seasons. Considering these cartoons, yeah, most of them seem to run at least 50 episodes uh, a season. But we're talking about Vince McMahon. Man money, not Disney money. <laughs> uh, and Deke. Deke Animation Studio was uh, behind this one. It premiered September 14th, 1985, and it uh, wrapped October 18th, 1986. It did have some syndication because the video we watched on YouTube had that nice USA watermark in the corner. <laughs> well, USA Network is the, the channel that carries WWF. Correct, yeah, but I don't think this aired on USA originally. It probably aired on Fox, NBC, CBS, something like that. Uh, the, the show itself falls into like a comedy show and not as much wrestling as one would hope for, at least not for me. Well, uh, the cartoon obviously was put together by the WWF. You can see there, September uh, 1985, that's shortly, maybe three or four months after WrestleMania 1. So... Okay. This is when Hulk Hogan is on MTV every week and yeah. he's, uh, with Cindy Lauper and Mr. T and he's all over television. He's on the A-Team. He's getting ready to star in a really shit film uh, called <laughs> No Holds Barred uh, with Stan Hansen, actually. I'm glad you brought up Cindy Lauper because uh, when I was watching the cartoon, Captain Lou Albano is in the cartoon or at least a characterization of him. And I was like, why did Captain Lou always wear those rubber bands? on his face like what was that about and do either of you know why he wore those rubber bands on his face some kind of punk thing i think he had them he put them through his he had safety pins going through his cheeks and he'd hang the rubber bands off them. yes yeah yeah but the rubber band specifically from my research evidently is like a wink and a nod towards cindy lopper about battling ms so it was his way of like showing his support for fighting MS. What? Yes, that that is... <laughs> and I I found three sources that say this. Because I was like, I just... I don't get it. Like, yeah, the I Captain found it confounding Lou, as a like child. The, I, he's the, like, he's the burly Sicilian and, and, like, it was all that type of stuff. So what do the rubber bands have to do with it? Do you want to know Other why, that, Kyle? Yeah. Because he's a fat old carny. Because <laughs> <That's why. laughs> right? yeah. he's a fucking weirdo. That's why. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, that's some weird carny trick where it's like, watch me put this rubber band through my cheek, brother. It yeah. could be, but I'm telling you, Google it. You'll find a few sources that say otherwise. John, please continue. Yeah, the cartoon, uh, there was like, Rock and Wrestling, the name of that like came from WrestleMania as well. There was this whole period where... Um, like there was the rock and wrestling connection, which was 
all these MTV types and Cindy Lauper, and they would yeah. hang out with Hulk Hogan, and they would go up against Roddy Piper, who would uh, had a great interview on MTV one time where he goes, "Let me tell you, I don't appreciate all the music that you play on here. It's it's all all the songs are about masturbation, and <laughs> like you just see the VJ going, oh God, please get this Canadian maniac out of this office. <laughs> he's probably going to pull his dick out of his dress in a second. Like who knows? <laughs> like this was just capitalizing on this. It was another way to get the the WF product in front of children, which was right. the the target audience that the WWF was going after because as Vince McMahon likes to say from his uh, his propaganda wing he wanted to take wrestling out of the smoky halls and put it into the family arenas so yeah they got to work on the cartoon obviously none of the wrestlers worked on it outside of the live action sections because they were too busy wrestling for 320 days a year Sure. And, and picking up dates in Japan, which they all used to do back then as well. There's some kind of interesting notes here. Uh, mainly, originally, there was a character called Mad Maxine, who was going to mm-hmm. be debut in the cartoon and then be brought to the wrestling show. Right. And Mad Maxine was a trainee of Fabulous Moolah, who took her place in the cartoon and in the ring. Because Fabulous Moolah is what scientists would call a cunt. She was... (laughs) I look at... I know some Americans get bent out of shape over using that word, especially when you use it to describe a a woman. But uh, she was a cunt, right? Like, Mm. she was absolute piece of shit. She exploited all the wrestlers she trained. And she fucked them all over out of money and all the rest. And this woman, Mad Maxine, was the latest in a long list of uh, women who got screwed over by Moolah. Yeah, the the cartoon, uh, like, there was weird little things that connected it to the real wrestling world. There were, I think there was other people who were, who, like, joined the company and then left, uh, you know, in the real world. So they had to cut them from the cartoon as well. Mm. Um, And uh, in a bizarre piece of trivia... The guy who did the voice for Hulk Hogan is David Arquette's dad. And uh, David Arquette, Whoa. obviously, yeah, he went on to become WCW world champion, which is hilarious. Whenever you see David Arquette being interviewed for a documentary, he'll go, hey, I'm David Arquette, former WCW world champion. Yep, they can't take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him on some game show uh, that they were advertising on television, and he had the belt on his shoulder. He, uh, well, David Arquette is an indie wrestler now. Like he made, oh my gosh, he made like a shitload of money uh, producing that Courtney Cox show, Cougar Town. Mm-hmm. And like he made enough money where he was like, right, I don't ever have to act again if I don't want to. I'm going, I'm going to go be an indie wrestler. So that's what he does. Uh, yeah, he kind of went back and did. I guess what you could call an apology tour and it was like, look, uh, I'm going to go and actually wrestle now. Like, I'm not just going to be this actor they throw in here for some clout, you know, and, and to premiere this movie. It was, it's like, I'm going to go do the real thing. And now instead of wrestling fans looking into him and going like everyone's like, no, he's, he's an all right. He kind of came back and uh, redeemed himself. I mean, he always loved wrestling. And David Arquette, he never spent the money WCW gave him. He actually collected it all and gave it to Brian Pillman's family. Oh, my God. What a saint. Yeah, yeah. Seri- like wrestling fans, chill the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> like, oh no, that is that out. is a big message to, to with everything. Yeah, you take your shit way too seriously. <laughs> All right, fans. My guest at this time is the 
very controversial host of Piper's Pit. He is from Glasgow, Scotland. His name, Howard, just a second. How could you hand me that chair? Roddy Piper, I kind of yeah. appreciate the way that uh, that you do business on Piper's Pit. Well, and I thought... Uh, well, let me grab a chair of my own here. Well, sure. We'll <laughs> sit down. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Hey, don't kill a good thing here, Howard. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I just thought I'd come around, say hi, and see if you had anything on your mind for a change. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. But you know what I'm going to do? Right. I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm not going to insult you. Who's this? Junkyard dog. Giraffe. <laughs> You're not going to insult me. Okay, then see you know, that next Roddy, time. Oh, I'd yes. like to have you... Tell me about Glasgow. I, I, I hear so many good things about Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, okay, I'll tell you about Glasgow. They have filthy rivers. They have nasty, nasty countryside. They have horrible, horrible people. That's why I left. <laughs> now tell me, tell me about Poland. <laughs> well, what, what would you like to know about Poland? Uh, why did you leave? Well, I... Yeah. Uh, let's forget that, forget that. I'm going to ask okay. you, this, this is not Piper's Pit. No, no. I'm the, I'm the host of this. You know, one, one thing, though, that I, I would like to discuss with you is maybe a sore subject. Is a gentleman uh, by the name of... I've been, I know Hot Rod's been tired lately. Go ahead, though. I don't Mr. mind. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. Paul Orndorff. Oh, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, all of a sudden, oh. now I get a rise out of you. Oh. After we talked about oh, your house, no, now no, I get a rise hard. out of you. It's hard to get a rise from me. Mr. Wonderful. I've heard. Mr. Wonderful, you heard it. He's wonderful. Uh, you've been talking to the apes and the giraffes and chimpanzees again, haven't you? Mr. Wonderful, I think to myself, sometimes late at night I'll lay back in my bed. I'll close my eyes. He won't even cross my mind. <laughs> Not a damn thing about him. The other day, though, I was in a store. People were talking, never mentioned his name. Are you starting to lose your hair? Am I what? Well, I see you've got a little, little, little receding hairline. Uh, you'd be an expert at it, wouldn't you? I mean, you would know if someone was starting to lose their hair, wouldn't you? Tell me something. Did you start to lose your hair on the top of your head all over? Uh, yes, well, I... Uh, at, at, not, not actually <laughs> not because, all over. Not, all, not actually all over? No, no that just on just the top of my head. Just on the top of your head. That just comes with time. Now, Orndorff, he's got lots of hair. If you're looking at him from the north end going south, he's got plenty of hair. Nice hair down his back. Excuse me, pal. Hi. She's all over. She's history. Stick a fork in you right now because we're done. I don't Thank call you. me that, right? Thank you. Eat Lofi, eat. We'll be right back. The Hot-Blooded Challenger Club podcasts are a proud affiliate of Animation Legends. Head on over to AnimationLegends.com and scope the large assortment of animation cells they're offering. Own a piece of animation history. For just $25, you can get five different cells from some of your favorite animated shows. Shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Vampire Hunter D, Captain N, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars Ewoks, and many other. And you can pay even less with our special promo code RINGS at checkout. That's R-I-N-G-S. Go to AnimationLegends.com or click the link in this show's description and tell them that the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club sent you with our promo code RINGS. Oh, hey there, listener. I didn't see you come in. Well, since you're here, 
Let me personally thank you for listening to this program. If you'd like to show your support a little bit further, check out the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club. That's hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. And with that dollar, you get access, early access, to premium episodes of this very podcast. What's a premium episode? Additional content that's cut just for club members. You could be listening to that instead of this advertisement right now. And hey, don't have the buck, but want to support the show? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast catcher of choice. Honestly, it it goes so far to help our algorithm, so one day you could hear me advertising for uh, comfortable underoos, or a really good mattress, or yet another subscription box. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get back to the show. Shake, Loki. Shake. Now back to our show. Rocky just goes, we're going to have a party tonight in Rapongi, and Liger will pay for everybody. And you just see Liger stand up on the commentary desk, just shouting, I will not pay. (laughs) 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 Well, yeah, I'd like to see all of those. All right, we are back. Hey, don't miss out on awesome exclusive content. Head on over to hotbloodedchallenger.club and sign up there. It's our Patreon for as little as a buck a month. You'll be getting these shows way, way, way earlier, and you won't have any commercials. Plus, you'll get cool stories like the one John just told, as well as an interesting cartoon pitch by Keith. So don't miss out on that. It's hotbloodedchallenger.club. All right, let's talk personal history with Hulk Hogan's. We can't forget that. It's Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling because he was the big name at the time. Uh, Personally, I never saw a second of the show when it aired. Probably because I was too young. And I missed it in syndication, too, I guess, when it was on USA Network. I really didn't even care about pro wrestling until, like, the late 90s. And that only lasted into maybe when uh, Chris Benoit tapped out to a Bowflex. Oh, okay. That's understandable. That's when Keith yeah. came back in. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. like, I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> There's dudes murdering children and their wives. I want to watch. <laughs> Is this some kind of Hellraiser down. crossover? Tapped out to a Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we're not we're not talking about that we're talking about this john do you have a personal history with hulk hogan's rock and wrestling surprisingly i do uh, because mm. it was on television around 91 92 93 maybe okay uh, they repeated it because i live in europe and at that time the wwf was dead in america because of all the sex scandals and steroid trials and all the rest, and just Hulk Hogan's popularity faded, just like his hairline. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, Bret Hart and the British Bulldog were insanely famous in Europe at that time, and uh, wrestling was on fire over here uh, for a couple of years. So they repeated the cartoon, and I watched gotcha. it. Uh, I didn't like the cartoon really all that much, but I would watch it for the live action bits. You know, like I would, I would hang on just to see Tito Santana or someone turned up trying to sell these tights because it's broke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so I, I like I watched it, but it wasn't like a religious thing for me or anything. It's not like I, I couldn't even remember really what it was about. I definitely watched it as a kid. I had the bed sheets, mm-hmm. and I know this because I have one pillowcase from it. Uh, still remaining, but I don't have any memories of watching the show. The opening felt pretty familiar, though. The, the Hulk mm-hmm. entrance, which 
was ah. his original entrance theme before yeah. Real American came out. It was. And do you know why uh, he changed it? Because he saw Team USA, which was Micro, uh, Micro Tonda and Barry Windham. They used to come out to Real American. And Hogan went up to him and basically went, yeah, that's mine now, brother. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, God. What a prick. Yeah, I don't have much memory beyond that. You would have been pretty young. What, you were like five, right? That's true, too. So, yeah, like, even yeah. then, most people... Anyone who says by their late 30s that they're like, I remember when I was four. No, you fucking don't. No. No, <laughs> no you're just re- regurgitating stories you were told. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sure I did watch a lot of this show, though. I don't... It's not something I vividly remember. All right, well, let's talk about the the episode we watch, which is like two halves, two half episodes. You know, you get get two little stories in the cartoon. Uh, yeah, it's that classic cartoon kind of style. Like yeah. uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle used to jump around and do different segments. And considering Vince McMahon grew up watching cartoons like this, yes, I can see that's why it's the structure. Well, uh, it starts out with the best part of the cartoon when Bobby Heenan does a quick a two-camera promo. And Bobby was a genius. Like genuinely, his wit and like his on ability to be funny on the spot is unbelievable, uh, and it's the best thing that's on this cartoon. <laughs> yes, uh, as he tries to lift weights and go, it's really funny because it's like just the whole thing where he's like, "Listen, if you want to be tough like me, you got to lift weights." And then he's like <laughs> struggling to lift weights, and he lets it go, and he goes. What am I talking about? I don't even need to do this stupid crap. <laughs> I got a brain. I don't need yeah. muscles. Like he, oh, he's so good. He was so funny when he was managing Andre because he wore a singlet like Andre's. So he looked like Andre's little baby. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, and you know, he improv this whole segment. Like they just, they just no script, just put him up there and, and he kills it. He's so good. Well, let, let's talk about the rest of the trash that is this cartoon, though. Because know, yes, that, 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 that was the best part. Uh, from there, uh, there's this stupid animated segment then about Junkyard Dog uh, and Roddy Piper having a race. <laughs> uh, they've both got, like, gimmick cars that look like they should have been toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because Junkyard Dog and uh, Tito Santana go uh, to this movie set to try and get junkyard dog's car in a movie and it was only when roddy piper turned up i realized that tito santana wasn't ricky steamboat yeah because <laughs> he said arriba because <laughs> uh, it looks more like ricky steamboat it, yeah it, di- it did it was very gray of who that could be junkyard dog actually features heavily in this which i'm sure hogan was not happy about um <laughs> for a multitude of reasons yeah junkyard dog has a junker car and mm-hmm. then Piper has a weird hot rod that's like, which of course he does, that's uh, shaped like bagpipes. Yeah, a little bit. I will say, what was interesting was they have a race and Roddy wins. Mm-hmm. I fully expected him to lose. Sure. But he didn't. He won. And then uh, Godzilla comes out and crushes his car because the movie that they were trying to get their cars into was a Godzilla film. Yeah, uh, this this was all very like wacky racers for me, or wacky yeah. races. I always call it wacky racers because that makes more sense. But the actual title is Wacky Races, which was a uh, 1968 Hanna Barbera cartoon where you had Captain Caveman racing against Yogi Bear, racing against uh, Dudley Do, not Dudley Do Right, um, uh, Dick Dastardly, and all these other Hanna Barbera properties were in one big race together, and they had gimmick cars, and that's what this was only. There was less laughs and only four wrestlers, uh, you know, racing each other. 
And uh, yeah, it kind of just all felt like a a, a lame Hanna Barbera cartoon. You know, and honestly, when you said like, and then like a giant, you know, robot Godzilla comes in, crushes the car. I kind of like how like simple the jokes are in this. Like you mm. can see what they were going for. The delivery is bad. Yeah, but it's all just classic cartoon fun, which I didn't think was the worst thing. Uh, th- I mean, hey, it, it it's so obvious. I really think that either Vince had an influence on this or it was just that rock and roll thing at the time, because what happens at the end? Well, now we have to dance and piss off Roddy Piper <laughs> with yes. our rock and roll music, which who if, if Roddy Piper came up to you and said, I hate rock and roll, would you believe him? No, because I. <laughs> yeah, like, like I wouldn't. He's driving a hot rod. Like, what is he playing in there? Smooth jazz? Yeah, no, he's playing bagpipe music. Keith. I know, <laughs> I know. He only listens the bag. I get the give. Like, yes, of course, he only listens to bagpipe music. But I'm like, no, considering the character and the attitude, like, it just makes it doesn't make no sense. sense. You know, when no. Squidward says he only he only likes clarinet music, yeah, I believe that. But right. like, if Roddy Piper as a cartoon character says he hates rock and roll, I don't believe him. I think you and I also remember. Piper as being a good guy. I do. Yes. Yeah. Which which I was uh speaking with a friend about how we were reviewing this show, since he's also mm. a wrestling fan. We actually hung out and watched AEW uh Dark this week. And our Dark Elevation. And he was uh and I was telling we were watching this, he goes, That show confused me so much because Piper was a bad guy, and when mm-hmm. I was saw what you know, it's literally a few months after this show came out, Piper went face. So even right. having him as the bad guy made no sense. Andre in this show is a good guy, but he's a bad guy a few months later, which right. my friend also found terribly confusing because he remembers this a little better than I do. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's it's it could. This is why the show only went a year because the pace of wrestling could not match the pace of a cartoon. Yeah, and you got to think about animation. They come up with the scripts, they send it overseas, it gets put together, comes back. You can't really do that when week to week these characters are going face heel, different story arcs, you know? Um, yeah, this is all, it, this all feels very similar to what's happening right now where a bunch of wrestlers are released, but they're still on television. Right. Like <laughs> and all the more reason, going back to what you said, Keith, it does, like, they are personalities and they are just living cartoon characters, but for an animated series, it's tough to keep the cartoon in line with who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. Uh, the second segment, I uh, was laughing at my own stupid joke uh, <laughs> while you guys were talking because I said JYD creates a shitty robot Teddy Foreskin, uh, which is a pun on Teddy Ruffs- Rupskin? Ruskin? Uh, how do you, how do you say that? Thing? Ruxpin. Ruxpin? Yeah, foreskin yeah. and ruxpin. It's, it's a stretch. You're, I see the uh, I see the bridge you're building. I'm not crossing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, uh, of course you wouldn't. Uh, but I'm European, so I, I have a foreskin. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, All right, peel it back and keep going. <laughs> I, you only need to do that when you're about to come. Jesus, Kyle, get with the program. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry, our dicks don't have extra steps. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Please move on. <laughs> but uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, he builds a, a Frankenstein thing, JYD yeah. does. Yeah. And uh, he, he makes it, he gives it a personality by putting tapes in it. Yes. Uh, so, like, he puts a tape of 
himself talking, the thing sounds like him, and it does the yard work for him and clean cleans up the junkyard. Andre and him get into a bit of a bit of a mishap when uh, he. P- for some reason, puts a tape of Roddy Piper in. Yeah, the- why do you have that? That's what I yeah. was thinking! Um, <laughs> I put my notes here. It's a very strange reference. It says the, the Frankenstein gets electricity trapped in its body. Yeah. And that's an excuse Roddy Piper used for being a cocaine maniac in the 80s. <laughs> People would ask him, like, why are you so wild, Roddy? And he'd go, oh, I, was, I had a lot of electricity trapped in my body. At the <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it starts breaking up the whole city. What you call it? Uh, at the end of it, they get the tape out of its mouth, and it's uh, once again rock and roll freaks out the robot, and they can get the tape out yeah. of his mouth. Yeah, I did not like the characterization of Andre the Giant in this. He's very Lackmac. Um, you can go back and listen to our episodes of how Lackmac was described, but it's like. Andre did not have, like, an intellectual disability. He was big and foreign, right? But the way that he's presented in this show is kind of, I don't I found it kind of off-putting. Yeah, they make him the giant coward character, basically. And super dumb. He's doing, like, and a Scooby-Dumb type of gimmick. And, yeah, and he really isn't that much bigger than Junkyard Dog. They, lo- they, they looked very much like the uh, LJN figures to me. Yeah, they, well, they kind of were based on them, I suppose. But uh, the Andre figure was famously, he looks like he's taking a shit. <laughs> because they needed him to fit inside a standard blister bubble. Right. So his knees had to be like, he's, bent he's, really. He's squatting to make boom boom in his yeah, diaper. Yeah. Which is a famous story about Andre. It's, there's plenty of uh, Andre shit stories. I won't tell them because I know Kyle doesn't like fun. Uh, <laughs> But, um, we got a timetable. We got like eight more episodes to cut. Let's go. But what I, what I thought was funny was um, Junkyard Dog's like, oh, maybe I'll turn this guy, my Frankenstein, into a Dracula. Mm-hmm. He puts a cape on him. And Andre Giant goes, oh, I'm going to go over to Snooker's place where it's safe. And I was like, <laughs> if you think it's safe at Jimmy Snooker's house, you clearly don't read the Allentown Morning Call newspaper, okay? <laughs> because yeah. that man definitely murdered that girl. <laughs> yeah, Andre, Andre, buddy, you don't want to end up on the stand testifying in court for or against this guy. So, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't go there. Keith, what is the lesson of this story, though? Or both stories, I guess. Rock and roll always wins. Yeah. Hence the name of the show. That that pretty much seems to to be to be the lesson. And there's some other segments with Nikolai Volkov and Fabulous mm-hmm. uh, Mula, yeah. where we do get a, a quick moment of uh, Lou Albano trying to save the segment by saying Mula looks nice with the the mud face mask yeah. on. And uh, I don't know, yeah, Nikolai and- Volkov laughing got me through that segment because I think at- that's always good. Yeah, the the Mula segment with Captain Lou it made no fucking sense. Like she's talking about how she stays you know, beautiful and fabulous or whatever with the mud mask. And then Captain Luke comes over and compliments her. And she's like, what? Yeah. She goes, Mula, you look beautiful. And she's like, and I'm like, even a six year old is going to be like, what happened there? Like, I don't understand. I think think the joke is Lou Albano has a monster. uh, 
Yeah, and likes women with mud all over their face, I guess. I don't know. He's a it dirty sucked. dog. I don't know. It, What's yeah. the lesson here? These, seg- least, these segments least... suck shit. They were they were boring and he's into fun. he's into scat. I don't get it. What's oh, going boy. Worse? Oh. I mean, it could be worse. He could be in defeat. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. There's very, no... very true. No shortage of them on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Captain Lou was in a bunch of movies, but never got to be in a Quentin Tarantino film. He's but uh, I read Quentin Tarantino's book recently, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. I would say if there's a million words in that book, 500,000 of them are describing someone's dirty feet. <laughs> um, it's uh, It's extreme. Well, John, describe to us the art direction, in your opinion, of this show. I mean, it just looks cheap to me. It looks like yeah. the shitty end of animation you would get. Uh, the wrestlers kind of look all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, As you said, they look a little bit like the LJN toys, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, weirdly enough, like the, the, this, the only direct piece of merchandising for this was they released a bunch of... Uh, collectible pencil erasers oh of course um in the shape of the wrestlers but they were like scaled down versions of the ljn toys uh, but for some reason you could rub out your fucking homework with them uh like all kids want you know like we all had our oh you know we had our favorite toys as children uh you had the silver hawks thing yeah and i'm sure as you were playing with it you were there going you know what? I wish I could just wear this thing down to a fucking nub. That would <laughs> really put it over the top, you know? I will. I'll clue you into why those were popular. I think Keith will back me up on this. Maybe not. But at least when I was in grade school with those, you know, novelty erasers, you weren't allowed to bring toys to school, but you could bring mm-hmm. school supplies to school. And if you brought those or turtles or some other gimmicked eraser, you didn't use it as an eraser. You kind of used it as a... Uh, substitute for an action figure at least we did at my lunch table in third grade yeah i totally i that sound yeah definitely if you had a little guy you could sit on top of it you could also take him off it in the middle of class and have him fight you know your homework yeah and you could be like look i'm shoving a pencil up donatello's butt (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, I'm not going to retread anything you said, John, other than it is all very Hanna-Barbera to me as far as the look, uh, the limited animation, the cheapness. That's it. It just it read like a lesser Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It definitely is. I did kind of like the uh, the as John, the Teddy Foreskins monster <laughs> uh, a design. Of, of him. I mean, I've seen a lot worse Frankenstein designs, and, and some of them weren't even cartoons. So uh, I did like how he looked. I did see that flashing fangs joke John mentioned mm-hmm. coming at the end, but that got a little bit of a, a chuckle out of me. But everything else that preceded it was, was garbage. Because mm. junkyard dog. <laughs> well, surprisingly, or maybe uh, not surprisingly, none of of the WWF superstars that are featured in the show actually voice their own characters. I guess, as John pointed out, they were probably on the road too busy, you know, taking bumps. John mentioned Louis Arquette as the voice of Hulk Hogan. I don't know what season he did. In my research, I found that Brad Garrett, uh, the guy who's the brother of Raymond and everybody loves Raymond, I guess he's doing sandwich commercials now, voiced Hulk Hogan. Now, maybe he did season two and Louis Arquette did season one. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. A uh, Charlie Adler. Uh, Charlie Adler is the voice of Buster Bunny from Tiny Toons, and he did the weirdest fucking voice for Roddy Piper. 
Oh yeah, he got his inflection down, but he didn't sound like him at all. No, he sounds kind of like Buster Bunny doing Skeletor or something. No, he got the inflections right, I would say, but it doesn't, it does, it did not feel right. It felt very just, I'm the bad guy of this TV show, so I have to sound this way. And yeah. I had no idea it was, it didn't sound, not until you said Buster Bunny was always like, oh yeah, that's definitely Charlie Adler. Now, who did a good job uh, for, I guess, the star of this episode we watched, Junkyard Dog? James Avery did the voice of Junkyard Dog, and he is Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of uh, Bel-Air fame, which I, I, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. There's a weird nod in that as well, where at the end of one of the episodes, Junkyard Dog says, another one bites the dust. Which was the music, that that song, another one bites the dust, was mm. the music that Junkyard Dog used in Mid-South. Hmm. Oh, I think he said it at the end of both episodes, actually. Well, there you go. I, like, he used another song in the WWF, a song called Grab Them Cakes, that he <laughs> sang on. Uh, that, but, which is on the wrestling album. Yep, well, there you go. But back at, yeah, when he was in Mid-South and all the rest, he used uh, another one, Boys to Dust. Kind of strange. I was like, that. I, I didn't think anybody would care enough to, to put that yeah. reference in. M- maybe one of the writers uh, were fans of wrestling, or maybe... Uh, WWF kind of lent some of their writing team to uh, oh, well, writing team back in the 80s I don't know <laughs> if that existed. <laughs> that's kind of funny right Pat Patterson showed up at Deke <laughs> he's like whose yeah. dick can I suck <laughs> <laughs> he just turned up and just went well how long is it going to take for us to write this and right, two weeks ago I don't got that time he just throws a big bag of blow on the table <laughs> <laughs> voice acting but, as- aside uh, both segments were just like a cacophony of very generic quote unquote rock music and a lot of Hanna Barbera esque sound effects. Yeah, except the except there was something. Ve- did you guys catch that blatant ripoff of Beat It? I did. I, the- I noticed that too. Yes. I was like, yeah. Speaking of uh, ripping off things, I mean, besides another one bites the dust, like it's blatantly just Beat It. I'm surprised Jackson did not sue them it's like this yeah it's the first few chords repeated again and again and then they switch to something else now i did wonder while listening to it because if you remember like the super mario brothers super show they used real music in that show when it originally Mm -hmm. aired and then in syndication they took it out for at least the first season i know later seasons they did like parodies of songs but they used to have like you know a fats domino song or whatever you know uh, i'm trying to think who else they had because sometimes they even have musical guests within the shows. But when it was re-released or when it was in syndication, I guess like they were like, oh, you, we have to pay royalties for music? Oh, we're not doing that. And they uh, they took everything out. So I wonder if what we listened to, because this was clearly a uh, syndication version because of the USA watermark, maybe it originally did have Beat It. Because I know a lot of cartoons used the song. For anything that had to do, deal with spooky Halloweeny type stuff, who knows? But yes, I heard the same thing too. Yeah, because all now I can imagine though is like Vince McMahon being like, "No, no, no, beat it goes, do 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 do. Ours goes, do 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 do. It's very different. Michael screwed Michael and a bunch of little boys too. I don't want to hear oh, it. Jesus! <laughs> oh no. John, what are your final thoughts for Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling? I, uh, I've i been a wrestling fan for a long, long time. Since about 1989, 1990. And I've watched most of uh, everything in connection to wrestling from that time period. Uh, but I 
didn't find and, and like I, I love wrestling from that time period from 85, 86 um, but I will say I, I didn't find this to be an essential revisit um, I will watch wrestling from 1985 every now and then um, but I won't be watching this cartoon again uh, it was an int- it's an interesting kind of uh, curiosity from the the time and mm-hmm. it's um it's certainly a time capsule I, i'm sure if you were a child back then uh it would have a greater meaning to you but for me i'm just like i was interested to see the live action segments mm-hmm. um but other than that it's it's not something that left a big impression on me i mean it was funny like watching it going oh yeah that snook is not safe he's a killer you know stuff like that's funny or going oh yeah i know her she you know she shouldn't be in a cartoon <laughs> but like you know it, it, again it's an interesting footnote but that's all it is it's a footnote yeah i wasn't a fan i, I don't think it's the worst thing we've watched i think that goes to raymond <laughs> oh god but uh i i would say i think this is at least in my opinion the most boring cartoon we've watched i just oh i wouldn't agree with that it wasn't as boring as shira <laughs> okay all right maybe maybe not the Netflix Shira. That's a well-made cartoon. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the original yeah. one. The original one that felt like three weeks to sit through because we watched <laughs> like the pilot movie or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I will. Uh, I will change my phrasing and say it is one of the most boring cartoons I had to endure for this program. Well, I'm I'm glad I didn't have to watch Shira first because I wasn't <laughs> here for that one. Uh, but I think if you're a wrestling fan, it's it's worth at least one viewing. I've spared the time for a cartoon on worse things sure. in my life. I used to watch full house every Friday <laughs> night as a kid. It's one of my biggest regrets of time wasted. Uh, I feel no, that no pain. Regret. I feel that pain. I saw that in the notes and I was like, God damn, if that's not the truth, I could have been doing anything else. And then I'm like, you were 11. doesn't matter. I could have learned some sort of skill or whatever it was. I got to spend two hours on Friday night doing much better things than watching TGIF. Oh boy. Uh but uh but no regrets here on, on spending time with this uh this TV show again. I I think I think it was a, a decent amount of it worth it. Worth it. I'm going to give it 3 out of 10 cereal bowls, which is the exact same rating I gave the Raymond cartoon, um which is funny cuz I had to go back and listen to our episode to figure out what I uh, ranked it. I will say this while we while we're talking about Rayman, um Star Wolf reached out. Hi, Star Wolf. Uh, he, he left us another five-star review with some new nominations, too, for 20 double X, Keith. It's exciting. Um, but also, Ooh. he wanted to make it very clear that while he did nominate the Raymond cartoon, he had no idea what it really was. He never watched it. He wasn't a fan of it. Uh, he just heard about it on some YouTube thing, and he's like, ah, this would be oh. funny. So, uh, Star Wolf, uh, once again, thank you for your nomination, uh, and thank you for uh, punishing us with that terrible, <laughs> terrible cartoon. So yes, I'm giving it the same ranking I gave Raymond, which is three out of ten. Yeah, I would give it a three out of ten, but then it gets bumped up to a four just for featuring both Bobby Heenan and uh, mm-hmm. Gene Okerlund. Sure, uh, two guys who just make me smile whenever I see them. So they they get an extra star. Oh, we didn't talk about how Hulk Hogan tries to give uh, Salmonella to Mean Gene Okerlund in, in one of the segments. No, yeah, sorry, we missed out on that. One. Yeah, it, yeah, or give him, yeah, yeah, give him a whole egg shell and all, so it can shred his throat. Yeah, yeah. 
It was a real banger, everybody. Go back and <laughs> check that um, out on YouTube. I mean, he- unfortunately, Hulk left out the most important ingredient in the whole Hulkamania milkshake, <laughs> which is anabolic steroids. <laughs> but, uh, you know. now, I was about to say a little HGH. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I'm i going to give it five okay. out of ten cereal bowls. Uh, the jokes are easy at it, yeah. but it got some chuckle. To be honest, guys, I laughed a few times watching this. As easy as the jokes are, I found them entertaining. Uh, There's a lot of bad jokes. There's a lot of jokes that make no sense and not in like a funny stoner adult swim kind Mm. of way. But I feel like if you live through this era of wrestling or if you, you remember it, it's worth watching at least one episode. And I would say it's probably this one because Hulk's really not in it. It's all junkyard dog. So Mm. go for it. Well, that just about does it for us. I'd like to thank our host for joining me on this episode. Thank you, guys. And also the members of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, without whom this podcast doesn't exist. Period. Full stop. If you'd like to become one of those members uh, you know, of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, please, please, please visit hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can nominate a Saturday morning cartoon for us to discuss by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher with your nomination, just like Star Wolf did, just like Mark Super did. And I'll tell you this, Mark Super's nomination went right to the top. And why is that? Because he's a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, and you can be one, too, for as little as a dollar a month. With all that said, we'll be right back after the next episode. Leg drops! Ooh, dropping elbows, brother. Oh my god, that episode has a family! <laughs> huh. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulkster, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward! I think it damn Hulk leg, you set it off! Set it off! Used to be hard, Hulk, now you done turns off! Doing telephone commercials, I seen ya! A ballerina. I knew all along you had those tendencies Cause you've been running from macho like I got a disease Dude, please, your pay-per-view event was a joke You're avoiding Randy Savage cause you know you can smoke Come on, that phony fight, the rock's break too fast But when I challenged him to a real fight, he passed I called him out, but the punk was scared to go It was a charity event, but the Hulk didn't show Hollywood Hulkster, you're at the end of your rope And I'ma kick you in the butt and wash your mouth out with soap Cause, like Rodney Dangerfield, you get so respect So come on
from Macho, that's what I heard. Be a man, Hogan. Boy, use a chunk. Cause Hulk Hogan is a real big punk.